0: Hey guys, this is Sam with the Nerd Podcast. This is part two of our two-part review of season one of HBO's The Last of Us. So if you're joining us for the first time, go into our feed and find the episode right before this. So make sure that you have listened to part one of our two-part review of The Last of Us season one. And this is also a spoiler heavy review for the entire season. Thanks guys and enjoy. Nerget, Nerget, so all right let's get into it y'all bill and frank the love story for the ages this this little Ah! bottle this little bottle episode nick Offerman and murray bartlett this is the biggest deviation from the games there is kind of an implied history with bill and frank but i'll go and tell tell you liz and, and any listeners who haven't played the game in the game you come into bill's town bill is alive and helps joel and ellie but frank has has recently committed suicide and you find you find like frank is like hung himself or something like that bill is just a broken bitter old man at that point oh no what they do on the show first of all they so they actually get us to like really get to know this couple which we don't really get to know the two of them as a couple in the game at all but they also set up an ex an expectation of game fans that the same thing is going to happen in the game that happened uh, happened in the show that happened in the game and then they completely pull the rug out from under us and It's like nope that's not going to happen it's a tragic ending but it's actually a happy ending and it that's a happy and, ending. and that's what's so beautiful yeah. about it is is they they both got to they both got to end their lives on their own terms and they and they got to end together and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful story. That game scene sounds sucky.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the more I read about the game relationship between these two, I'm like, oh, that was super tragic and unhealthy and just really leaves a bad taste in the mouth. And then I compare it to this episode, I'm like, yeah, this, this was a really good change. That was a really smart change there. <laughs> Apart from also being... I don't normally like to say, it's like, well, this clearly a best episode of the show, but this is the best episode of this show, and I love the rest of the show, yeah. too. It's just, this one is simply something completely different.
0: So, okay, so here's my thing about the version of it from the game versus the version of it in the show. I actually don't necessarily even think that the game version is worse. It's just, it's different. It's definitely less emotionally affecting, but it it still works in its own way. But weirdly, even though it's an opposite kind of story, both versions of it actually do strangely have the same effect on the overall narrative, which is in the game, Joel sees Bill as this bitter man who's lost everything. And he he realizes, I, I have the potential to become this. And that's what causes him to start to want to open up to Ellie is so that he doesn't become that. In the show, it becomes he sees what Bill and Frank had with each other and the idea of Bill protecting Frank, and he comes to the same conclusion just from the opposite stimulus of this is what I could have. I could end my life being fulfilled and having protected somebody and having loved somebody. But I, I actually think it's weirdly an equally effective way of of expressing the same basic idea. It's just the show version is a much more beautiful story and makes you feel something on a deeper level. But at the same time, in a video game, they're not going to stop. That's why, why, why I think... Right. The, they're, they're not
2: going to stop and say, like, hang on, we need to spend uh, an entire act of this game playing through a completely different genre for hang on exactly
0: (laughs) it's it's like we're just gonna this is gonna be like the romantic drama part of it that's gonna have hardly any video game action in the middle of it like at the end of the day like it has to still be a video game but that's (laughs) why i think that this change works so well is because they're able to express the same basic idea even though it's kind of the opposite story but they're able to use the the tv show format in a way of let's let's do this in a very different way than what the game did but it's still so true to the original intent of the game, even though it's a very different expression of that. I guess this is kind of the point I'm making. No, I get that. I get that. Can I have a moment just to rant? Yes. Can sure. I just have Go one ahead. moment
1: just to rant? The Last of Us did what the Legend of Korra wanted to do and was not able to do because people are so fickle. The Last of Us did... What they tried to do in The Walking Dead in 2015 when everybody was up in arms because there was a gay kiss on TV in a a mainstream show. The Last of Us did what they tried to do in Star Trek with Sulu. The Last of Us did what they were trying to do in Star Wars and ended up giving us just a lesbian kiss that they could cut out on any other country. The Last of Us gave us gay life. People argue about the gay agenda. You know, what's the gay agenda? What are they doing now? The gay agenda is that they just want to live. They want to survive. They want to have a comfortable life. And in the end, they want to be, grow old together and die together. And The Last of Us gives us that in one show. In one bottled up show, The Last of Us gives us gay life and what we want. In one fucking episode. It is gorgeous. It is beautiful. I mean, I am so glad that they went with the cast that they went with. I'm glad that they weren't pretty little twinks. I'm glad that they weren't effeminate. There's no stereotypical thing about this. This episode is just gorgeous. I am so glad that they changed it from from the video game because... The video game sounds awesome, and it sounds like it's in its place. And to be as old as it is, it shows that the video game makers were progressive. So I really enjoy that. But what they did with this episode was just gorgeous. The ending is the perfect ending for these characters. I love what they did with it.
2: I know. In shows, there's that old concept of, oh, you have your gay characters, you gotta die off. The Last of Us, it's totally different because like, okay, first of all, everyone dies off. Like a lot of people that you love die in this show. That's just kind of given. And secondly, they died of old age, one on the cusp of dying of natural causes and the other because he had lived a very long and much more fulfilling life than he had ever thought that he could possible. Like if you have to go out in an apocalypse, that's the way to go.
1: Yeah. They live their life on their terms.
2: Yeah. And I love that they spent the time showing that it wasn't a perfect relationship. Yes. um, That they did (laughs) talk about. It's like, look, we argued a lot. There were plenty of days, actually, that were quite bad. But on the whole, they made it work. Like, that's what I love about it. It is such a real, real relationship. Um, Yes. Ah, it's so beautiful. Uh, It's it's fantastic.
1: Even looking past the LGBTQ part of it, when Frank gets to choose to have a peaceful ending and to end his life when he wants to because he's tired, and then Bill, Bill's message of that twist of Bill saying you are my purpose. This is not. This is not some tragic ending. I choose this. I don't want to go on without you. It is so, so good. Such a beautifully written episode from beginning to end.
2: Yeah, this this was the episode um that got my brother to like call me fiercely. Because I hadn't started watching yet, you know, three episodes in. I know. It came way too late on this show. <laughs> that was the episode where he immediately called me up and was like, Dude, you have
1: to watch The Last of Us right now. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> they did it right they did something it's this episode will always go down in history for me because it is done so well
0: i i think this episode will go down in history as 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 one of the all time great television episodes i know i know that it's i know it's so new and it's it's a bold thing to say that already but i I honestly do think that this is going to be looked on as a classic episode of television forever absolutely
1: i
2: honestly i will say I do want to talk more about the rest of the show, because there is a lot to ponder. If this was a just a mini episode, if it was just this show, this would be a 10-10 already. But we do have the rest of the show to talk about. <laughs> and it's not necessarily going to be bad stuff, because again, I actually really like this show, but...
1: The rest of the show is amazing, but this episode is my favorite. I agree, Zach, completely. Mm.
0: It's between this one... There's one other episode that I actually think is kind of my favorite, but like... Again, it's this. What this is one of my favorites because of the way it deviates. But there is one other episode that is also my favorite because of the way it's true to the game, and uh, and I'll kind of get get to it. But there is it's between this and one other for, for different reasons. But but the the only other thing I'll say about this episode is I know some people say that this episode is you know filler, doesn't have anything to do with anything. But this episode is actually important because when Joel reads that letter from Bill you know and and bill says something in the letter it's like that's why that's why people like you and me are here to protect people and god help any motherfuckers who get in our way that's (laughs) something that's something that he has in the letter (laughs) that is actually a really key line uh, (laughs) when we get to the end of the season i was i would just say that yes and that's why they they really do foreshadow the end of this season so well throughout the entire fucking Mm -hmm. show they do they really do
1: Ellie's face when she's reading the letter and she goes and she goes, anybody else would have blown up. <laughs> oh, yes. I love the way she does that. <laughs> the
0: confused look on her face it's just so perfect. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? But that's, but that's the other thing about it. It's like we immediately go from this, this whole bottle episode, this storyline that completely is a, com- a complete deviation from the game. But then after that letter, we immediately go back into another game scene, but it's so organic when when he's saying it's like, look, if I'm gonna take you, you've got some rules to follow and and you know, he's like, repeat it. I knew what she was about to say. You know, she was she was about to say, "What you say goes," and that was exactly what she said in the show. It's like there were, there were so many moments where I knew what yeah. the next line was going to be because I realized yeah. they were doing it line for line. That's so great for the fans. It really is, but they but they do it in such a good way because sometimes when when you get things like this, where some of it is line for line and some of it is completely new, sometimes you get the kind of dissonance between this feels like different writing yeah. styles. But on this show. It all works together so well, like you never get the kind of jarring moment of like, oh, now we're doing a scene from the game. Now this is something that feels like it was written by somebody different. Like it all feels the writing feels so consistent with it with itself throughout the entire show. And I think that that is a testament oh, yeah. to, to the writing, honestly. 100%. I also do really enjoy seeing Joel and Ellie start to bond, you know, as as like a, that fucking pun book that Ellie has, God. which is also from the game, you know, as as well. But when, when she's just constantly reading the, these stupid puns to Joel the entire time, you know, I love the, the, the one that, that Joel kind of figures out the punchline. It's like, what? When Joel finishes the punchline, like, I've been kind of I've been kind of smiling at that
2: point. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's really cute. You know, it's nice to see. But when Joel, who this entire episode has been grumpy and standoffish, and you're like, Oh, please stop, but when he finishes it, it's like, uh, cause he was outstanding in his field, I yes. <laughs> just goddamn burst out. Yes. God, that's <laughs>
0: In the scene in the two of them in the car where she where where Ellie finds like the 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 male porn magazine that that Bill had left in there, <laughs> also absolute line for line from the game, and I I'm so glad that they they included this scene because like like that that line where like th- this is this is actually a weirdly famous line from from the game now is when she throws the magazine out the window and says bye bye dude, you know <laughs> like I I remember uh there there a youtube channel like it doesn't it doesn't really exist anymore at least not in that form but like there used to be the this series where Troy Baker and Nolan North would like play through games together for the first time uh where cuz like Nolan North despite being a video game icon he's the guy who voiced uh, Nathan Drake in the uncharted uh, series and involved a bunch of other things but despite being a video game icon, is not a gamer at all. So it's funny just seeing, like, hey, <laughs> like, uh, heading, heading the controller in his hands, like, here, try actually play Uncharted for the first time. And it's, like, the fact that he, like, doesn't know how to, like, control the camera or, like, how to do anything, but, like... But like when they they were but Troy Baker and Nolan North were playing The Last of Us for for the first time uh, together, and they would like kind of trade off. But like I just love how Troy Baker, whenever he would like headshot somebody in the game, would always say "bye bye, dude." You know that would that would just be. His <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> I love
1: right before, she's like, why are the pages stuck together? And,
0: yeah. and Joel's like, uh, 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 uh. uh. I know so like, oh. And she's like, I'm just fucking no, with you. I'm just fucking with you. But no, I was just so happy that they included the, that magazine scene, because like that was one of the most like line-for-line, line, like, there's, there's a number of line-for-line line scenes, but that was it even was like probably the most line-for-line line scene. It's, oh, yeah. it's such a great, memorable scene from it the was game, a too. a fun scene, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about this Kansas City story arc? Uh, b- before we get into the whole uh, Kathleen and Henry and Sam thing, like the the, the scene where they're ambushed in the city, um, I think it's interesting because like the, the scene where Ellie has to shoot the one guy that's attacking Joel does mirror a similar scene from the game. But in the game, she shoots and kills the guy immediately. Uh, and that that's meant to be this kind of weight of the first time she has to kill somebody in the game in the show she shoots and paralyzes the guy and at first i thought maybe they were trying to like take a little bit of a uh, pressure away from ellie of of having to, to kill someone for the first time but i kind of realized that the way it plays out in the show is actually kind of more horrifying of like having to shoot someone paralyze him and have him just beg and beg and beg for mercy and having to hear his pleas before you know joel just just finishes him off Again, it's one of those things where it worked in the game. It also works in a different way in the show.
2: Yeah. You know, sometimes necessary is, you know, a feeling of, like, dehumanization of the enemies. Like, oh, it's just a bad guy. You you know, you shoot it, it's dead, it's whatever. But just having him, you know, beg and try and get along. It's like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm actually a decent person. We didn't mean to. And it's effective. Reminds, you know, exactly what is being done. I also like that Ellie... You know, this is kind of the first time we see her doing it, but I like that Ellie is actually not. I like that Joel is more worried about her seeing death than she is, and that she has seen more death than he would like to believe.
1: Um, that he's trying to keep her more innocent than she probably ever was. Yeah, I love that he, I love that he's, uh, keeping her from the gun and everything because he doesn't want her to have to be the one to kill. But this begging scene. It shows how vicious he can be and how he knows that if he doesn't put down the threat, it's going to come back to bite him in the butt.
0: Exactly. It's
1: just something he's learned from Sarah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why he doesn't give mercy. And you can understand it. Not that it's the right thing to do. I'm speaking on matters of the apocalypse. I'm not telling anybody to go out there and be violent.
0: But at at the same time, it really is one of those things of, you know, you can say the guy is pleading for his life saying, oh, I'm not a bad guy. We can we can make this right. The fact of the matter is that guy was he was in a group that attacked them and and threw a fucking cinder block on their car. Fuck you. You know, pop, pop. Exactly. So I'm not I'm not I'm not really even saying that Joel wasn't justified in in doing what he did but at the same time it's a little bit different you know shooting somebody that's actively shooting you and finishing off somebody who's begging for their life and calling for their mother that's a bit of a different thing mentally you know to have to kind of go through um it shows how hardened joel is in in this in this world for the for the audience
1: members not only are you taking in how vicious joel's character actually is you're also taking in the visual of not seeing and just hearing what happens. It kind of, it's, it's a scary moment. It's a tense moment.
0: Completely. I completely agree with that. You know, Absolutely.
1: some of my favorite kill scenes in horror movies are like that. Uh, where you're hearing what's going on and you hear the person begging and it's scary. Yeah. And then you don't see what's
0: going on. It's really scary. No, I agree. I think that what you imagine is always going to be scarier than anything that they can show you. Yes. And and I think that that I think a really good horror kind of keeps that. But it also keeps it from Ellie's point of view of just kind of hearing, you know. Yeah. 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 Hearing Joel finish this guy off. So it, it it's, it's a really, really, really good scene. Kathleen is a character who is actually original. She's not in the game at all. Um, Really interesting villain. Definitely a villain. But I I like how and this kind of shows the complexity of of the Fedra thing. It's like that these are people who liberated this, this QZ from Fedra and they're just as bad and yeah. but which which i think kind of is is meant to you know maybe kind of parallel some things that have happened in history and that still happen now in in some parts of the world is like you know a government gets overthrown but what if the people that overthrow the government are just as bad as the government that was just deposed type of thing like exactly she's a really interesting character um i think that her story actually kind of is to be on and i'm not going to spoil anything for for the future But I actually think that there's aspects of her story that are foreshadowing uh, Season 2, and I'm saying that based on the storyline of The Last of Us Part 2. At the end of the day, regardless of how wronged she might feel, the fact of the matter is, at the end of her story, if she had just let Henry and Sam go, she'd still be alive. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, like that first revenge is ultimately what led to her demise and the demise of all her guys. Yet
2: again, another
0: life that would have been
2: saved by just reading Moby Dick and.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She, she, she has go. nothing. She has nothing to lose. She knows if she just lets Henry escape, she's never going to see Henry again for the rest of her life. Yeah, but she doesn't care. You know, Henry's never going to go yep. back to that fucking city after this. Yeah, like, But oh she God, wants no, that yeah. revenge. Exactly. And she can't let go of that. For
1: me, for me, it was like Betty Rubble as a villain, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think, I think Melanie Linsky was a mistake to cast in this. I think that she's a powerful actor. I think that she's good, but I don't think that she was sweet, and nasty enough to be this character that they were trying to pull off. I think that it fell just under. She was relentless. She was horrible, but Whenever you replace sweetness with terror, there has to be some kind of pop there. And I don't think Melanie Linsky nailed it. I think that there's some left to be desired in this character.
2: I think I kind of see where you're getting. She wasn't an umbrage
1: in the full scale of
2: Sweet Horror. I do think there were times where it was still effective, where it's just like... Oh no! I'm sorry. We can't <laughs> let you go. We gotta, we gotta kill the people. Yeah. It's it's the weird midwestern menace. Yes. It was like, well, I'm just being reasonable here, and reasonable <laughs> means I kill all of you, children included. Yes. Yeah. And there is something to that. I, yeah. I think for me, it still worked, but I do, I do kind of see what you mean that it wasn't it just like the short. best example yeah. of that. Yeah.
0: Um. I actually disagree. I think she was fantastic. I actually think Melanie Lynskey completely because I, I liked how contrary she was to what you would expect this kind of character to be. I liked how right, against type yeah. it was, and I liked how sweet she was, and I like that. I think that it was it was more affecting to me the fact that you didn't see that that switch that she was just sweet the entire time, but she's doing and saying these really horrible things. I think that that was really interesting, and I think that she, I think she completely. I actually I completely disagree. I think she completely owned this role and it was was awesome. Yeah.
1: I do get that argument, but if you're trying to put Sarah Palin on TV, put Sarah Palin on TV. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think Tina Fey should have played this role? <laughs> Hell yes! Oh my god, Tina actually, Fey, do yes. your Sarah yeah. Palin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> she would have been scary as fuck.
0: <laughs> I think Melanie Linsky was really effective in this role. I, I actually, I actually yeah, really, I, I, did, I really, I really, like really her. liked her. Um, yeah. Actually, I thought she was a great villain. Like she was really despicable uh, in all the right ways. But just human enough to be interesting at the same time. But you still kind, of, you, still yeah. kind of cheer, yeah. you still kind of cheer, you still kind of cheer with the child quicker. Completely destroys her, you know. Like, yeah. right. It's like, look, I I understand how you got here, but
2: also
1: really glad when you died horribly. <laughs> I think she did pretty well. I just feel like it fell short.
0: But I, 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 I the I've other heard arguments. other people say that. I just for me, I thought it, it was great. I thought she was awesome yeah. in the role. Yeah. Uh I also I, I like the ways in which they use the actors from the video game uh as different characters on the show. Jeffrey Pierce, who played Tommy in the video game, uh plays Perry, who's like kind of the right hand guy to Kathleen. Oh really good natural casting. You know, he totally worked in the role. So I, I, I enjoyed seeing him uh even though he got decaffeinated uh by 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 a clicker at one point <laughs> or by the bloater i think but that was yeah. a cool scene yeah, yeah that was a yeah. cool scene that was that amazing. was a
1: cool scene yeah that was a cool death i was like holy shit <laughs> <Just Yep. blah. laughs> like
2: like you said this this is where 90 percent of the budget of the season went to was this, this uh... <laughs> scene
1: yep <laughs> I mean, it was worth it, but they should have saved a little more to have a little more clickers, but, you know, or runners. The runners are scary as fuck.
0: The one clicker child in that one scene, the the kind of contortionist kid clicker, that was was a really creepy one. That was a Uh really creepy one, yeah. I thought that was really, really effective too. What they do at the end of this episode, though, oh
1: my god, they just rip your heart out and set it on fire. And yeah,
0: let's let's talk about Henry and Sam for a second because, like, one interesting change they made from the game is that in the game, Sam is not deaf. That was something that they they uh, added for for the for the show. Which I thought was an interesting change, you know? It, it was one of those things, like, did they have to do it that way? No, but I think it was an interesting kind that of way. It was layer. nice. Yeah, that they, that they added to, yeah. to the character.
2: You know, a little bit of tension also, yeah, makes it... A little inclusionary, and I like that. Yeah, exactly. inclusive. And sometimes it can feel like othering to... It also makes it more effective when you're not certain if he's turned yet in the morning, and it's like, okay, is that just because... You know, he doesn't, you know, really speak all that well that, you know, that he's making that noise. Or is that because he's a zombie and then you find out he's a zombie. And saying that, I do start to see a point of there maybe should have been one or two more moments, especially in the later episodes where you have more uncertainty that does turn out to be actual danger. Because that was very effective here, but also just heartbreaking. Yeah. Henry's immediate, like... Henry's immediate reaction after killing Sam was just and you get why he did like he wanted to protect Ellie and instinct took over. But just that immediate realization of what he did, just immediately being unable to live with or process a world in which, you know, Sam is dead and he had to live with it. Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah. No. And, And Henry and Sam are definitely a great parallel to Joel and Ellie henry loses sam he can't go on living after that you know which is like joel especially since lost the trigger Sarah and he he felt like he couldn't move on but then he survived yeah. his suicide attempt but if joel joel feels like he couldn't survive losing another daughter essentially which which is how we kind of get to the yeah. end of the show
2: even when kathleen
0: said earlier of, it's like oh kids die you know
2: sometimes for the greater good you know someone has to die and immediately we already know how the show is how this show is going to end because Joel neither Henry nor Joel could accept that then and they couldn't accept it later either
0: Exactly yeah no and that that was like one of the biggest uh kind of on the nose foreshadowing to to the end of the season I felt the Kansas City arc in the game is a lot simpler than it is on the show um again Kathleen is not in the game like really you you're you're in the game and it's basically just like I I think that they do that. It is a group that had to pose Fedra in in this city, but but we we don't really get to know them as characters. They're they're just kind of they're just kind of like okay, we're we're in charge of this town now, and we're we're the bad guys, whatever. And Henry and Sam are just people. They're just people trying to escape the city. There isn't this whole extra layer of being an inf- having been an informant for Fedra. There isn't this backstory about uh, Sam having had leukemia and everything. But all of that adds this, this extra kind of metaphorical layer that does foreshadow the ending of the season. Because it's this whole thing that the fact that Henry had made that decision to be an informant to Fedra in order to save his brother, again, goes to the end of the show, which is doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Which is very much the end of the season, too, of like, I'm going to do something that could be considered morally wrong by some people, but I'm doing it because I'm saving the person that, that I love. And it's, it's, you know, like Henry kind of says, I'm a bad guy because I did a bad guy thing, but we know it's not as simple as that. He was saving his brother, which is the same with, with the end of the show. Joel's a bad guy because he killed all these people, but he did that to save Ellie. It's, it's interesting to kind of think about
1: in this Kansas city scene. I wonder if they really did have to throw overthrow Fedra because there's a lot of crazy ass people in the Midwest who just don't like to answer to laws.
2: Well the reason that Henry had been uh the reason that, you know, he we was it was such a bad thing as a collaborator is that Fedra was disappearing people. They were going in and finding anyone who just even spoke badly yeah. about is, Fedra and we're fascists, killing them off. That's the way they work. Yeah, it's it's terrible fascism. Like, there is no doubt that Fedra, particularly that branch, was absolutely awful. And yeah, they should have gone. But I, I also find it interesting that you wonder how much of this rebellion was always bad and how much of it was because they lost yes. the leader who... And they, they mention that it's like yeah the original leader of this rebellion was, more was
0: yes exactly yeah, yeah
2: was compassionate would very likely have you know steered things in a different direction they didn't get him they got Kathleen who is the fucking yeah the
1: guy that her, was her second in command was also with her brother and he agrees with her more than he agreed with her brother.
0: Well, it's what he says. It's like, because I I think that he was initially all in with the brother's cause. But as he said, things didn't change with him. They changed with you. So I think that his loyalty shifted because of that. You know, because she was the one that actually got it done. You know, for for better or worse, she (laughs) was the one who actually got it done. Because she is more ruthless. But at the end of the day, sometimes you you need that, that compassion too. And again, if she had just forgiven and forgotten... She'd still be alive. Yeah.
1: Yep. Just moved on.
0: Exactly. I think that aside from, again, long, long time is is definitely one of my favorite episodes. I think my other favorite episode is Kin, which is the episode where uh, Joel and Ellie find Tommy and Maria's settlement. I just love this episode so much because we get so many good bonding moments with Joel and Ellie. And it, it just features a few of my favorite scenes from the game. Including one of my favorite dialogue scenes from the game, which is also almost line for line. But then you also get parts of it that deviate also in really good ways. Like the scene you were talking about earlier, Zach, where Joel breaks down with Tommy and kind of confesses how weak he's been feeling. Like I love when he talks about how he's been having these these dreams every night and he doesn't even remember what the dreams are. But he feels like he's lost something every time. It's it's just <laughs> it's, it's so interesting really getting into the vulnerability of Joel in this episode but then, just that scene with Joel and Ellie, and in her bedroom, that where she's saying, which is again, it's one of my absolute favorite dialogue scenes from the game. It is one of my favorite dialogue scenes on the show, where she confronts him about wanting to to leave her with Tommy. You know, and she has that line: "Everyone I I have cared about has either either died or left me. Everybody fucking except for you." He pushes her away. He says, "You're right." You're not my daughter and I sure as hell hate your dad. Such yeah. such good. Like it's it's one of my favorite scenes from the game just cuz the dialogue and the performances in the game are so good and then the performances in the show are just as good. Like these actors brought their own energy to the to the characters but are still so true to the original intent of of the of the performances while while still completely making it their own. And I just love this episode so much. As a fan of the game, I just, this episode just made me so happy. I just think this is a great character-driven episode from top to bottom.
1: I love that everything is just forgiven. He's in there with the horse, and he's like, I came in here to steal one. And Tommy's like, I would have given you one. Exactly. And then then he's like, but you deserve, you deserve the choice. You could either, and she's like, you, let's go. (laughs)
0: but I like that he says that though it's not like no I changed my mind I am gonna take you it's like no I've decided that you deserve to choose who you're gonna go with that you deserve some some autonomy and I think that that was the key to that
2: I loved that decision about as much as I loved Ellie like not even letting him really finish the sentence Uh, like okay let's go (laughs) it's so
1: beautiful I love what they kind of tell you about Joel whenever they're setting down And, uh, Joel tells Maria, can we have a family meeting really quick? Just a family? Well, she is family. Just
2: me, my brother, and kind of my adopted daughter. It's complicated.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, she is family. (laughs) God damn it! Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she has to, like in the last episode, she has to so no, 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 he suffers from asshole voice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I Joel, love the asshole voice We <laughs> were just like, oh, so we would have a problem, right? Yeah, we got no problem. Why'd you What's say it like that? Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> he suffers from asshole boys. <laughs> well, no, he's, he's just, he just sounds like that. He, he means
1: it. <laughs> and the same thing, I find myself going, congratulations, smile, be happy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joel's not good at that. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, no he is not. The part that breaks my heart is when his, when he finally gets that moment alone with his brother and his brother is so excited about having a kid, but, but instead of being like, you'll be a great dad, you'll be amazing, he's like, we'll see. <laughs> Fuck, Joel. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, no, that's not what, that's not, no. Yay, I get a nephew or a niece. Yeah. That's your reaction. We'll see. We'll see if you're going to be a I good also parent.
2: Love, just from like a story standpoint, how we're set up with this expectation of Tommy through Joel's eyes. Like, oh, he's a bit of a fuck up. He's a joiner. He's, uh, he's not great. And then we meet Tommy. It's like, this man's on top of this yeah, everything. This the good he, brother. He's... Yeah. <laughs> Joel is the bad
1: brother. This is but, the good brother. Tommy is <laughs> yes. a good one.
2: But I, I love that Tommy like doesn't even judge Joel that much. It's like, yeah, we murdered people. I know why we did. I'm not even that mad about it because, you know, it made sense at the time, but
0: No, but that's interesting you know, though, because in the game they have a similar exchange, but it is actually a little bit more judgmental on Joe, on Tommy's side in the game of like, you know, I, I still have nightmares of the things that you made me do is kinda is is, is sort of like. I like how he the is. way they did
1: it in the I show. I like how
0: they did it in the show too. I think it's it's more I think it's more nuanced the way they did it yes. in the show. Yeah. It is.
1: But I I will say that now now I want a movie with Pedro Pascal and and the actor that played Tommy to play Mario and Luigi. I oh I just actually want it.
0: actually now that you want say it. that
1: <laughs> there is a Saturday Night Live. I know the SNL skit with Mario Kart. <laughs> I'll just why can't you dodge it because it's a red shell. <laughs> that SNL skit was so genius.
0: <laughs> um, I was actually a little bit surprised they did the university scene as a part of the same episode, because like, again, like just picturing as a fan of the game, the way that they were going to do the show, I actually pictured Tommy settlement to be one whole episode and then the university to be one whole episode, but actually it was done really well. Like I, I think that yeah, the, the pacing was good. Yeah. The pacing was actually really good. Yeah. I think that the, yeah, the university scene was, was good. You know, I even with my complaints about how I wish there should have been, you know, more infected things to up the tension, I still think that the, the reveal of the monkeys was a good reveal, you know. And they do do a good job of, like, emphasizing the threat of individual people that, you know, instead of, like, getting injured after killing, like, 30 guys, he gets injured after fighting one out of four dudes at in, in this little party. But that makes it, you know— it makes it like every time Joel fights a person, it feels like a like a evenly matched one-on-one fight type of thing, which I th- I think is actually pretty effective. Right, so. Yeah. Although what what the fuck was he doing pulling that, that bat? He probably would have would have been okay if he had pulled the, the shard of the bat out of himself, by the way. But, yeah, he
1: probably would have been.
2: That's an issue I have with almost every show, game, or movie, because no one ever remembers the in. core rule of what to do about getting stabbed. Don't take it the Leave fuck it out, in. or you'll bleed You're out. You'll
1: bleed out, yeah. I will say that in the in the community that Tommy and Maria are at, I love the scenes where Ellie gets to feel like a normal person. I love her getting to right. feel normal Scene. I agree. It's it's such a sweet moment. It's such a moment where you do feel relaxed, and you do feel oh, there can be something worth fighting for. And I don't think Ellie Ellie or Joel gets that enough.
0: No, I agree. And also, her reading the diary of like whatever, the, like the girl who had owned the room beforehand, and being like, yeah. this is this is what this is what kids were worried about back in the day. You know, boys and clothes, and mm-hmm. like, like it's, it's interesting to kind of see the perspective of of somebody who lived before the apocalypse as opposed to her who was born afterwards
1: i i do wonder if joel is too broken to be received into a community like this though i don't know
2: it and that's that's the thing is i honestly don't know it i think that he might be able to adjust to it it's it's as you said earlier uh sam that he was for 20 years he was on autopilot just doing whatever was strictly necessary which he starts to come out with Ellie. I think if he spends time in a community like that, he'd be able to actually start focusing on himself. I think he would be able to integrate into that eventually. And a lot of that is his relationship with Ellie shows that the little bit of spark of normal humanity uh, of being able to appreciate love and humor and soft moments and tenderness is not wholly gone from Joel. It's extremely buried and bruised and, you know, cut to pieces, but it's not gone. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm not going to comment on the speculation because I've played the last of Us part 2 and I know the answer to this, so fair enough. So he is <laughs> too broken to but be either, in a, but, in our but either community. play either play the second game or wait until season 2 and you will have an answer for that, but Yeah. Left Behind is the episode that's actually based on. It's actually based on downloadable content uh, that was released after the first uh, Last of Us game, but before the second game, which which kind of tells the story of Ellie and Riley. In the game, there's a story beat that I'm not going to say is exactly better, but I think it works in a different way that I enjoy as opposed to what they did on the show. Which is in the game, Joel gets injured at the university. He falls off the horse, cut to black, we come back, it's winter, and we're now playing as Ellie and hunting a deer. And that's the next thing that, that happens. So we don't know what has happened to Joel. For all we know, Joel is dead. Especially since from a medic game standpoint, we're now playing as the other character. So it's like, well, the game can still continue because now we're playing as Ellie type of thing. By having the le- the left-behind episode and doing it with the framing device of Ellie trying to save Joel, they kind of ruined any chance of having that particular reveal of Joel being alive as they kind of did in the game. I'm not going to say that it's worse, it is just different. Because in the left-behind DLC it it came out after it is actually done with the framing device of taking place at this point in the game of Ellie trying to patch up Joel. But because the DLC came out after the main game, we already know the outcome of that. It's one of those things where, to be honest, I wouldn't really have done the show any differently than the way they did it in this in this case because i I still think that if you're going to tell the left behind the story, Putting the episode where it kind of takes place chronologically in terms of the framing device, not the flashback, is kind of still the way to do it. So, ultimately, I think it's a really good episode. They did just kind of change that particular reveal as opposed to the way it was told in the game.
1: I will say, I will say that I didn't know whether he was going to make it or not because she didn't clean his wound. She didn't clean the bandages. She didn't change his shirt. Uh, I thought it was going to get infected. As someone oh, it did. from that type yeah. of background, yeah.
2: Yeah, when we saw that stitched-up wound and it had gotten all puffy, it's like, oh, God, like, he was also, like, props to Pedro Pascal. like, always props to Pedro Pascal because, God, he gives 100% every time. But, especially props here, it's like, oh, man, he looks super bad. God, yeah, they did a really good job of selling, it's like, you know, one wrong breath, yeah. and he's going to die it. right here. I do, I do like how, yeah. Even being spoiled in the end of the Last of Us one, um, I do like how really touch and go was here. Even to the point where I'm like, well, they've already made some changes. Yeah.
0: Sequel and die here. I, I is, is knew he was going to make it just, just because like yeah. I knew, I knew that they weren't going to f- that drastically change the the ending of it. And it it was also just playing out so similarly to the way it played in the game, especially like the DLC with with it's right. like. I I knew I knew that it was going to turn out the same way.
1: When he had to fend for himself, and he just woke up miraculously at just the right point, I knew he was going to make it. Yeah, but I didn't know until then. Yeah. I I did not know. Yeah. I I was like, ooh, this might be the yeah. end. And I was thinking because of the dressing.
0: Well, that was that was why later when she encounters David, she she need she needs the penicillin is because 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 yeah. she didn't clean of the course. wound and, yeah. and it did get infected. And that and that was ultimately what she needed was was to uh, was was to get rid of the infection. Yes, because um, that was what was ultimately after she sewed up the wound. That was what was really threatening his life. So but no it, it was no. still very touch and go and it was well done. It was effectively done. Left behind, I again, it is it was a later addition to the game, so I will say that the story of Ellie completely works without going through this entire backstory. It was still a really good episode, you know, getting to see it, you know. I'm I'm yeah. glad they included it. You know, it's it's one of those things like if you for some reason had to cut an episode from the show, this would technically be the one to cut, but I'm glad it's in there, is is kind of how I felt. I like it because
2: we keep getting hints of what Ellie's life was like, we know that she has been in dangerous situations. She has lost people. It's nice to see it. Um, so that old maximum show don't tell. And while I think they do an effective job of like showing the effect it had on her, it's still nice to see the events of it. Um, it is nice to see. And also it's just a, you know, good stand on its own, you know, story. Well, effectively working with the framing device of, you know, trying to save Joel. It shows that Joel's desire to protect Ellie, you know, his desire to to help is not just one-sided. They are, they do genuinely come care about each other at this point and how she has changed over time. I I think it does. It it effectively shows that.
1: Now, uh, left behind is where we get the where we get the Riley bit, correct? Yeah, where we get the Riley. Yes. I think that was so well done. I think that that was really interesting. Um, at first I was kind of, is this a flashback? Is this when is this happening? And you don't really get that until the end, until she's bit and she's scared that she's bit and she thinks that both of them are gonna die. It was kind of hard to watch. No, finding out that it's. That it's in the past and knowing what happened. Later, when she says that uh Riley was her best friend, I'm kind of upset. But it also makes me wonder, does she not feel comfortable enough with Joel to be able to come out like that?
0: Well, to be honest, they hadn't like they were just starting to wrap their their heads around like their their feelings for each other when Riley died. So like there 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 wasn't really a label for their relationship at that point other than best friend. Yeah, if they had even one
2: more day to talk it over, to think it through, it would make sense for her to say, yeah, she was my girlfriend, but...
1: It was just really interesting. Yeah,
2: they had a moment where they realized that that potential for that relationship was there, that they were both,
1: you know, open to it, but they never got the chance. I really liked that Ellie wasn't completely sold on Fedra, but she was okay with being a part of it because it was a sense of normalcy. And I liked that Riley preferred the uh, preferred the other way of going because that was more normal for her because she didn't want to be in the shitty jobs that Fedra was going to give her. She saw very literally. Yeah. Yeah. Very literally. She saw her life being better than that. And she also saw as she ran away that Fedra was wrong on a lot of things.
0: But at the same time, Riley just wanted to join the Fireflies because the Fireflies accepted her, which I understand that. Yes. But is that really the best reason to want to to join? Like, if you're going to join a group like the Fireflies, I feel like it has to be because you really believe in the cause. Because otherwise, it just, it doesn't feel like, because here really I got to think about the fact that, like, look, you're making pipe bombs. Those are not just, you know, like, I yeah. don't know. As an adult, as an adult who
1: lived before the fall of society, yes, I absolutely agree with you. As a kid who just got given a duty of shit shoveling, shit cleaning. Yeah. Who doesn't want to do that for the rest of their life. I do see why Riley would go to it. I see why, to too. I understand the her. I yeah. understand
0: the psychology behind it. Yeah.
1: That's what the person over her was doing. They were grooming
0: her. Mm-hmm. They were grooming oh, her 100%. so that she yeah. could be their little terrorist. Yeah. And that's the issue that I ultimately have with the Fireflies is is that yes. mentality. Yeah. Yes,
1: absolutely. Oh yeah.
2: That they will absolutely use children as yes. weapons or just cut their brains out without again any other options explored first. Like goddamn is a thing that's like is it a smart decision? No, is that the decision an impressionable, frustrated like kid would make? yes, absolutely.
1: the arcade sequence is just so cute the mall yes. the whole mall sequence uh. it's <laughs> just it hurts my heart because these kids have never seen something that I grew up with as a kid, and it's just like, oh. Well, it is, it is,
0: it's those things that we take for granted, like the photo it booth, is. like the carousel, like the arcade, yeah. that, that we, we just take it for granted. But for somebody who hasn't ever experienced, the, the escalator, for, for somebody that's oh, never experienced yeah. something, like, how yes. fucking cool is this? Move these moving stairs.
2: stairs? Yeah. I, I absolutely love, like, Ellie and Riley's
0: comment to this, like, oh, is this one of the winners of the vault? Uh, yeah, right I guess there's five. It's, I guess there's five now, Yeah. <laughs> I like that we don't see the conclusion of that. That we just—I like that you know—we we find out later that Riley That's turned and Ellie had to kill really her. But edit. I think just finding that out just through yes. Ellie saying that is we more know effective. how it's going to end. Yeah, yeah and, and we know we kind of know that when it happens yeah. too. We kind of know. Yeah, because we know Ellie is immune. We know that she survived. We we kind of know how that. Has we don't to need end. to see that part. Exactly, it just breaks our
1: heart. Yeah, we don't exactly. have to see it. I think that's a smart choice because this show gets really dark after this. And this is a dark scene. Oh, yeah. It is a dark scene.
0: So actually, the more I even think about the more I gotta talk about, I, I am actually glad that the, this this episode was included because I, the, I think the other thing it also does is it really, truly cements Ellie as the co the equal co lead of the show. Because yeah. we got to see yes. Joel's whole backstory with Sarah. Now we get to see Ellie's backstory. And I think that that cements her because Joel's barely in this episode. It's like he's a like, conscious the whole episode. The two scenes that he's in it. Right. Especially since we do start the show by telling Joel's backstory. Yeah. Later going back and telling Ellie's backstory and having a very Ellie centric episode. And the episode after this is also very Ellie centric. It really cements her as the equal co-lead of the show. And I think that that was actually really necessary to do. Um, The David section from the game is actually my favorite section of the game. So the game is, is divided into these four chunks that represent the four seasons. And Winter is the section where you mostly play as Ellie. And it's the David section. My favorite section of the game. And I think that they did such a good job of adapting it for the show david uh there's no mention of him being a preacher in the game that was something they added in the show but i think that that was effectively done but i like the fact that we sort of find out that it's kind of bullshit to him his religion is cordyceps like as as far as his personal belief goes he's using jesus and god as a way to control people essentially And I think that again, seeing more of that community in the show, I think was an interesting, it was a really smart and interesting addition to it. I think Scott Shepherd is the actor who plays David, did such a good job, is so creepy. He has such interesting uh, small choices as an actor, but he does such a good job playing this character. Just remember
2: that if you're in the apocalypse and someone comes up to you wearing a preacher outfit, kill him. Don't shoot wait. Him. Go ahead yes. and shoot him <laughs> in the face. Don't, shoot him several don't times. Don't even wait for them to say anything.
1: Shoot him three <laughs> times. Once for being a creep, twice for being a preacher, three times for the resurrection.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that holy trinity.
0: <laughs>
2: yep. It's like, maybe I'll find out later he wasn't a cult leader trying to rape and or eat me. But odds are that that is going
0: to be the case. <laughs> yeah, so he will rise after the third day. Well, not not if I'm waiting there with a shotgun. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's why we would double tap,
1: children. <laughs> he rose after the third day, not the third bullet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this uh, episode also features Troy Baker, the actor who plays Joel in the game, uh, plays James. Oh. Uh, the, the, he's kind of the right hand oh. guy of, of David in this episode great job great casting again doesn't feel stunty doesn't feel jarring he just completely inhabits the role and does a great job so i really enjoyed seeing oh, yeah. him play this role and and they and they gave him stuff to do you know it wasn't just a little cameo so
1: it's awesome that they have cameo it's awesome that they have things like this because on whatever they usually do things like this they try to keep the game or are those actors so far away from, you know, the main characters? So it's kind of nice that they do that.
0: Yeah. And that he's playing oh, yeah. a real character, too. It's like, I, yeah. I know, like he had said in, in an interview afterwards, that he would have been happy just to, like, play a clicker, you know, just as, like, a yeah. like an unseen cameo. Right. But, yeah. then, <laughs> but then, like, like, Neil Druckmann, you know, that's the thing. Like, Neil Druckmann is the creator of the game. He's also the co-showrunner with Craig Mazin of the show. And so he was kind of instrumental in making sure that these actors were were a part of this project. But, but there again, there's nothing that feels stunty about any of those casting decisions. It feels completely right. natural that he like he cast these characters as character. Uh, he cast these actors as characters that they could play in live action completely, and it's totally natural. Yeah. One of
2: the many issues that I have with David, apart from being a rapist and a cult leader and all that is that his entire problem apparently could have been solved if he let anyone who was a half decent hunter go out and hunt. Yeah. But uh nope. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's it's just that mix of having that bizarre survival of the fittest, uh yes. strong must call the weak when he himself is so deeply incompetent. Is it's an interesting mix. I I like yeah. that.
1: It's all part of the control aspect. I honestly
0: wonder what's going to happen to that community after, after you know, after several of their their main guys are dead, and then you know, Joel and Ellie just leave the fucking cabin on fire. Uh it's, it's just, it's just yeah. like, are there, are is that community just fucked now, or is somebody more competent going to rise up and t- take charge? You know, it's like I'm
1: sure somebody else will rise up. Yeah, or they'll starve to death. Yeah, all Because right. it's God's way. Yep. <laughs> it's like, you gotta, you gotta
2: hope that they would do better, that they would move on, but ultimately you do kind of worry. It's like, they're probably just gonna have another person, like, try and pull yeah. the exact same shit.
0: One acting choice that Troy Baker makes in this episode that I just love, it's such a small moment, but when, when they're eating the, the quote-unquote venison stew in that hall but we know it's actually that that girl's father that they're eating and mm-hmm. but everybody that they they don't know that that they're that they're eating a person and they're ju- they're they're all starving they're they're uh you know just just greedily digging in david has no problem eating the stew but they cut to troy baker and he just take he's just taking these little bites and you could tell that he doesn't feel good about it no you know i i love no. that actor choice of he knows what's going on and he accepts it but he's disgusted yeah that was just a great little actor choice and i'm glad that the, in the editing they cut to that because it was a good, it was a good foreshadowing of of the cannibal aspect of it it was, doesn't
1: he oh, yeah. ask if he's still, uh, faithful to him after that scene?
0: It, it's definitely at one point, you know, where yeah. he, uh, I think it might actually be a little bit earlier. It's, it's a little bit earlier in the episode. Yeah. But yeah,
1: I like that. But yeah, you, I do like that cut to and that actor's choice of that character. It tells you more about that character.
0: Exactly, it's like he yeah. he accepts David as the leader, but he also doesn't agree with a lot of what David does at the same time, and I, I think it's interesting.
1: When can we bury my father? When we're done eating his corpse. I mean, the the ground is frozen, so it's just uh, not going to work out. So we're just gonna bury him in the spring.
0: Yeah, we'll bury him in the spring. I I always gotta wonder, like, once it gets to spring, what's he what's he gonna say at that point? It's like, <laughs> uh... are you still on about that? Don't disrespect me.
1: Listen, yeah, to-, dead. Dead. Yeah. Listen to Preacher. Uh, funny
0: story. Some raccoons just dragged your dad's corpse outside. It's just like, <laughs> like... Damn raccoons. <laughs> Most grisly thing I ever saw. But actually, one one of my favorite things about this section, both in the game and in the show, and I'm glad that they stay true to this, is the fact that they set up... When Joel does kind of miraculously turn out to be okay, and then he finds out where Ellie's being kept... They set up the expectation that Joel is going to rescue Ellie from David, but yes. but Ellie kills David completely by herself, and Joel I think shows that's an important up. Choice. I love that Joel shows up, but he shows yep. up just too late. You know, he doesn't have to save her from death, but he's not able to save her from having to kill David, and and just the yes. brutal way in which she has to kill David of just hacking and hacking and hacking with the with the cleaver. And just, just the, just the effect that that has on her, I think is just, it's, it's, it's a really important moment in her overall character journey. It
1: is. I, I love that she's the one that saves herself out of that situation. We need to see more and more of it on screen. We do.
0: Yeah, completely. So in the final episode, it starts with a flashback that's also not in the game, but a little bit alluded to, but of Ellie's mother giving birth to her. And we find out that the reason Ellie is immune is because her mother got bit and then after she got bit, she cut the umbilical cord. So that's that kind of made it so that Ellie has the cordyceps, but is not actually infected by it, which I think was was really interesting. Ashley Johnson again, this is the final step. Ashley Johnson plays Ellie in the games, and she plays Ellie's mother in the show, which was perfect, perfect, perfect casting. Yeah,
1: perfect casting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know even if she hadn't
2: played ellie in the game she would have still been phenomenal in this role like it was she played this character Completely. fantastically it's like you know we get one scene with the character but it's really fantastic and we get to know so much about her i love the first thing she tells ellie it's like yeah you tell him ellie yeah
0: <laughs>
2: exactly
0: it's <laughs> like so you just you just keep exactly <laughs> and we also see the significance of that switchblade too that it come came yes. from Ellie's mom because like like yeah. in the game she has that switchblade the whole whole time but we don't have that backstory with it that we get in the show and i think it's it's a great backstory you know it it, it puts more importance on that object in the same way that Joel was always wearing that watch that Sarah fixed for him as a reminder of of Sarah like Ellie has this this reminder of the mother that she never knew, which is also is it's, it's an important object that she can also stab people in the face with if she wants to. But
2: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like all great heirlooms.
0: But But I also love seeing in this flashback, we see the connection that Marlene has with Ellie's mother and consequently with Ellie. And I think that that puts a lot more weight, knowing this backstory and seeing this backstory puts more weight on later in the episode when Marlene decides it's worth it to sacrifice Ellie, that she is breaking this promise that she made to Ellie's mother from birth, but she she does feel that it it's necessary for the greater good, which tells us something about Marlene. Um, Marlene, by the way, speaking of actors from the game, Marlene is the one uh, character who is uh, played by an actor who's reprising their role merle dandridge plays marlene in the game and in the show um and so i was glad that really? they that they brought her forward as well like most
2: of the other like pretty much all the other recasts like they make sense i think it is technically possible that troy baker could have played joel but also again i've said before that i love 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 100 percent pedro pascal's um, version of the character so that's you know what's funny yeah. is
0: i didn't used to think that troy baker could play joel in live action uh until i saw him actually in the episode of this show and i realized wow he's actually looking pretty he's looking a lot more grizzled that that he used to look it's like i actually could maybe see him as joel now because like yeah. he used to be so clean cut looking <laughs> and they might have made him look a little bit like that for the show too but like it's like you know i actually could see him playing joel in live action but i also think Pedro pascal was ultimately the right choice for the live action version yeah for for this version but Nonetheless,
2: still glad that um you know she's prizing the role here as she did a you know great job as in many ways the anti Joel, the one who has that affection for Ellie, but you know, will ultimately try and serve the greater good,
0: even if it's not necessarily being done in the smartest way possible. Before we get into the hospital scene, I just have to touch on the giraffe scene, which is one of the best scenes. It's one, it's a beautiful scene straight out of the game. They beautifully recreate it in the show with a real fucking giraffe, which I didn't yes. even realize that until afterwards. Like, I kind of just assumed you it know, was CGI. I'm but- so,
2: like, desensitized to CG and giraffes are so weird as an animal <laughs> that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's really good CG, you know, that I looked at, it, I was like, no giraffes just like that no I honestly thought no they used like I didn't realize until I read
0: afterwards but but they used a real giraffe which is amazing the fact that they did that I love that so much although I will say not actually faithful to the game because in the game the giraffe was CGI but (laughs) in fairness so were all the characters in the entire game world but (laughs) this is true (laughs) But it's just a beautiful moment of strange beauty, like I love how strange it is, but how beautiful it is at the same time and that to me is is the last of us. you know it's like it's this this terrible, cold, stark world, but at the same time, there is something beautiful about the way nature is taking over all these buildings, and then yes. we have we have all these these animals that you know twenty years ago were in some zoo. But you know, some giraffes got out, and those giraffes continued the cycle, and they continued yep. to breed, and that they now just now it's just a herd of giraffes. Exactly, that live in and the the city. There, there, there's something like I love that Joel and Ellie are able to take this moment to just appreciate the the strange beauty of this world. You know, as as terrible as the world is, there is there is a beauty to it too.
1: There is, and the minute they start oh, okay. to appreciate that nature is taking over. And, uh, you know, things are getting better because life finds a way someone drops a bomb right behind them. Yeah. They're sons of bitches.
2: Yeah. I do also love the discussion that Joel has, um, the frankness about his attempted suicide. Like, just the way he puts it is just, you know, I was completely ready to go, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful scene. It's him finally being completely... Honest and open with somebody, which yes. up to this point, he's never done. Not with Tess, not with Tommy, not even really
1: with yeah. himself. But it also makes the ending a little harder.
0: Well, I, I just love seeing the dichotomy of Joel at the beginning of the show, as the beginning after the Sarah flashback, mm-hmm. as opposed to how he is at the end of the show, that Ellie really has given him a purpose. And he's learned how to open up yes. in a way that he hasn't been able to open up before. You know, he starts off with we're talking about. Let's just keep our histories to ourselves to opening up with Ellie about something, you know, that he's probably not really shared with anybody. Yeah. You know, about his attempted suicide and openly talking about his daughter, which he was not ready to talk about his daughter before, but he's, he's now he is that, that grieving process has finally gone through now that he's found someone else to care about in the same way that he cares about Sarah. That's, that's helped to heal that wound in a way where, he still misses his daughter, but he's able to talk about her now with a, without yes. it. Without it, her memories uh, brings joy instead of pain. So I, I just, I just love seeing that that change, you know. And and it's, it's interesting seeing how distant Ellie is in that episode too. You know, I think she's definitely feeling the weight of the thing, the things that she's uh, like, I, like definitely killing David in the way that she had to kill David. The way that she had to kill David, you know, like like it was definitely something that she needed to do, but that, but having to kill somebody in such a brutal way does have an effect, you know, on, on this kid. And I think that we, we, we see that in, in this episode too with the Firefly Hospital. So let's, I know we've been touching on this, the whole thing, but let's, let's really get into this. My relationship with Joel's decision. Again, I've played the game multiple times before coming into the show. I've gone so back and forth on this uh, as, as I've replayed the games, and the first time I played the game, I was actually kind of against Joel's decision. It becomes this interesting thing of, because it's a video game, and because it's not a branching narrative video game, you're kind of having to play a character who's doing something that you, the player, don't necessarily agree with. Which creates an interesting narrative thing that only a video game can really give you. And that's something that I've actually always really enjoyed about The Last of Us. But the more I've replayed it, the more I've kind of gone more and more over to Joel's side. And I actually thought that the show, because the show made ma- made him a more sympathetic character in some ways than the games did. I thought that it would be easier to take Joel's side in the show. And I actually weirdly felt the opposite. It's very, the way they shot him killing everybody in the hospital, I like that he's the the monster. He's almost the horror monster, the way that they shot it. I thought it was just really effective and really affecting. And I don't know, what what, what do you guys think about the decision that he made? It was the only
2: one that Joel, the Joel that had gone through this series that we knew everything about, who had... Gotten these events and had finally warmed up to Ellie, it is the only decision that he would make. Um, the only one that he could do. Does that mean it's the right decision? No, probably not in the great in the grander scheme of things. That does you know, the world would have been in danger despite The, again, really reckless way of handling it, you know, despite the fact that, yeah, there are probably a lot of other tests they could and should have done before the fatal surgery, you know, they probably would have been able to come up with something to help. Um, Had they gone through with it, had they done the cure, certainly if he'd left them alive, um, if he hadn't killed Marlene and the head surgeon, they would still probably have been able to help deal with this since they were already on the track. But that is the only decision that Joel was ever going to make. Um, As soon as he realized that they were going to be putting Ellie in danger, that them living would put Ellie in danger. That's all he ever could do. In some ways, I can't even judge him on that, just because that part is such to his nature. It is afterwards um, him lying. That That's the part where I'm like, okay, he does know better. Even he knows that that's, it's interesting. But yeah, so it is the only decision he was ever going to make in the grand scheme of things. No, it's not the right decision, but it is the decision of a parent.
1: Let me just say that they go all the way cross country to bring this girl with the cure to these Firefly assholes. And the first thing they do is drop a grenade on them. Fuck them bitches. <laughs> yeah. The the thing,
2: the big thing that turns me against the Fireflies is they didn't give Ellie a choice. Like, if they'd asked her and she said, sure, and Joel, you know, went in and slaughtered them anyways, okay, sure, but they assumed Oh, yeah, she would. First want off,
1: to. even with the cure itself, even with the fucking cure itself, instead of instead of, hey, let's try to do like a blood cure. Let's try to look and see if we can do it this way. But maybe we don't have to kill her. I mean, they go straight to we got to cut out her brain. What the fuck? Are you serious? That's that's your best guess. That's like me bringing in me bringing in my car to get the brakes fixed and they tell me that they're going to take out the motor to fix the brakes. They they just got her. I I don't know. The show may not have done a, lo- a really great job at showing me that there were no alternatives to cutting this child's brain out, dicing it up and finding a cure in there. Maybe And let's label that maybe there's a maybe that after killing this child, they can find a cure. And he tells Marlene, he tells Marlene, she says, we don't have any other choice. And he says, I do. Yeah. So she should have known right then and there that there's going to be hell to pay. If we go down this route, maybe we should cool our heels because right now, We're not breathing in spores, we're okay, we got it under control, society is building itself back up. So him taking this drastic measure is just like them being trapped by another Firefly group that's just out of their fucking minds. It's They're no different than the David cult. I don't know, I can't disagree with him because he's saving someone that he thinks of as his child. I hate to say that I agree with Joel, but in this situation they don't give him a lot of choices. And yes, you're absolutely right, Zach. It's the decision that Joel was gonna make, no matter what, because they gave him an ultimatum that the girl is gonna die. You need to go you need to go on about your life. And he has just opened up to this child. He has just accepted that she could be a permanent fixture in my life. And you're telling me that you're going to kill her like a sacrificial
0: pig? Fuck you. So, I agree with Zach that the thing that I think more so pushes me over to Joel's side is the fact that Ellie wasn't given a choice in the matter. And you kind of say, Zach, that they assumed that this is the choice that Ellie would make. I don't know if they, I even really feel that they really assumed that this is the choice Ellie would make. I think that by taking the choice away from, I think that they made the decision that the greater good was more important than her autonomy. I think that Marlene Mm, chose to believe for herself that that's the choice that Ellie would have made. And maybe it would have been, but I kind of think Marlene's telling herself that to justify it for herself. Yes. I honestly do, and maybe it's. I actually think it's very possible that it is the decision Ellie would have made. But Ellie I'm sure it would be. But Ellie had to make that decision for herself. Yes, it's one of those. It, it kind of goes down to the idea of bodily autonomy. It's one of those things of somebody's dying, and all they need to survive is a kidney transplant. Even if your kidney can save their life, nobody can force you to give your kidney to that person. Yes. If you are dead and you are not
2: an organ donor, they can't take you, your dead body, kidney, and give it to someone else who actually needs it, because you did not yep. consent while exactly. you
0: were alive. Exactly, and I understand. I understand that the argument goes down to the slippery slope of like you know saving one person versus potentially saving the entire world, and is that worth sacrificing one person? Is that worth sacrificing one person's choice in order to save everybody else? But at the same time, it is that thing of, you know, Kathleen in, in, earlier in the show, it's like, it kind of tells Henry, it's like, no, Sam, Sam's life isn't worth all of this. The argument that I think the show is kind of making, I like that the show doesn't necessarily answer this for you, but certainly the argument that Joel is making, and from a certain point of view you could say the argument that the show is making, is that... Actually, the life of one person is worth the world because otherwise, what what is it all about? You know, if, yeah. if we're gonna if we're gonna be sacrificing people right. in this way, what does that make us? Are we are we any better than are we be- better than the infected when if we're doing that kind of thing? Right. What kind
2: of world are we making? You know, what are the, we are living in?
0: But at the same time, the way Joel just mercilessly. The, like, it, it, it seems like when... He the has one, no other choice. It's the scene when the one guy is, like, uh, putting his gun down and begging for his life, and Joel Joel considers it, he looks down, and then he pops him, and he, yep. he shoots him in the face. Like, I'm not even saying that I think Joel is in the wrong in anything that he does here, but it does... He's He's got a darkness about him, man. Yep. Uh, he really does. He mm. does, and,
1: and you know... You know what pops up in Joel's mind when he looks at that gun. I can let him live. No, that officer didn't let my daughter live. Boom. Yep. I understand why he decides to take that guy out, because he could turn his back and that guy could pick that gun up and shoot him. Mm -hmm. It's just the guy should have put the gun down and ran away. Yeah, I think that would have made a huge difference, but being still within parameters where he can still grab that gun after Joel runs off, Joel thinks, I've got to save her. You're in the way and you might come out. It's like when Marlene, it's like when they get down to the nitty gritty and Marlene. Is like, I won't do it. I won't go after it. People will say whatever when they don't have the upper hand anymore. And yeah. I believe Joel really believes you will never stop coming after her. Yeah. So let me, let me end this conflict right now. They made Joel choose violence. It was the only choice that Joel could see. And Joel has lived this life in this post apocalyptic in a very, dark place so he can go dark it's just like whenever he stabs that guy that's part of david's cult the way he tortures them and he's so horrible and they're like jesus and he's like nope nope he can't help you <laughs> it's knowing that joel can go to this dark place and kind of just kind of of existentialize it to where he's not going to be worried about it because he's got to survive and we see all of that culminate in this one last scene marlene should have stopped when he said i have a choice
0: to be honest if marlene is really gonna go all in on i'm sacrificing people for the create for the greater good when he said that of i have a choice she shouldn't have let joel go from, from, her, from her perspective she honestly yeah. shouldn't like if if you're gonna if you're gonna make this choice marlene like don't don't half-ass it and yeah, i think yeah. that's i think that's actually the mistake she made at the end of the day Yep, yeah, it is i know some people felt like this sequence was a bit felt a bit rushed like i've I've heard that complain a lot from a lot mm. of people online i think that it ultimately worked you know they do yeah. go through it kind of quickly but like it's not about the action. It's about the choice, if yeah. that makes yeah. sense.
2: That's that's exactly it. We're not here. This isn't a fight scene. This is a decision. It's a slaughter. It's just another Tuesday for Joel. You know, yeah. It's, it's This is not a big boss. This is not a conflict. This is not, ooh, how exciting. This is, you know, it's exactly as you said. It is the choice to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Even if we completely agree with Joel's decision... That doesn't mean we're comfortable with the things he's no, doing. No, right. No. not comfortable no. with the decision And I think that they, they do all. such a good job of making us feel deeply uncomfortable while we're watching him do all of this, all of these things, you know? I've seen this episode four times, and there's not
1: one point in the sequence where I'm not
0: going, fuck,
1: fuck, yeah. fuck." It's not easy to watch. When he shoots
2: the doctor right in the head, it's like, okay. Oh
1: shit! Yeah. To be honest, the violence was hard to watch, and every time I watch it, I'm like, oh my fucking god. But what really hurts is him feeling like he needed to lie to Ellie. That's the part she was asking the questions.
2: Makes me so much more uncomfortable is when he's pretending that nothing happened, and and that's. I love that moment. It's so deeply uncomfortable. The fact that she yeah. had to ask means that she knows. She knows him. Yeah. She knows what actually happened. Um. She knows that he did kill people. But the fact that she had to ask, even her acknowledgement, when he says that I swear and she says, okay, I don't even think that means that she's choosing to believe him. I think that just means no. she's acknowledging that that's what he has decided to say.
1: Bella comes across as, uh, I
0: don't know.
2: Yeah, like, that's just, okay, this is how we're going to be from
1: here on out. She's a little uneasy after that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, so I'm, again, I'm coming in with baggage of having played the second game, but I will say my interpretation of this, particularly when I played the first game for the first time, and the, the end of the first game is exactly the end of this season. I think there are doubts in ellie's mind There are obviously seriously doubts when she asks him she makes him swear to her my opinion is when she says that and he looks her in the eye and says i swear i think she chooses to believe him because the alternative is too upsetting yeah mm-hmm. that's honestly how i feel i think that makes that, sense i think I she that. makes the i think she makes the choice of I'm gonna believe I'm gonna you have to believe him. Because if I don't believe you, I'm never gonna trust you again. But that's what I love so much about again, both what Ashley Johnson does in the game and what Bella Ramsey does on the show. It's not the same performance, but they have the same effect when when she has that really long moment before she says, okay, it's so ambiguous and the delivery of the okay is so ambiguous i th- you you can have these different interpretations of it of does she believe him or doesn't she does she not believe him on some level but is choosing to believe her on a conscious level yeah that's that's what i think is i think subconsciously she doesn't believe him but i think she's con- consciously making the choice to believe him because if she does if she if she chooses to not believe him then she's never going to be able to look at him the same way again and I think that she does ultimately, especially after everything she's lost, she does need that father figure in Joel. She does need that, and she has to lie to herself in order to continue to have that relationship with him. And I think that she does need to have that relationship with him.
1: the moment that he avoids the question of Marlene that's a that's where a hard his moment. story.
0: I will say when he starts to say, uh, Raiders attacked the hospital. I had to get you out. That's when his story starts to kind of break apart a little bit, yeah. in my mm-hmm. opinion. It's like. Okay, so all this shit happened, and then Raiders showed up and killed everybody. You know, uh, all Uh, right.
2: (laughs) Just in case you're wondering why, if you ever happen to go back there, there's a bunch of dead bodies. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is probably my favorite ending to a video game ever, is the ending of The Last of Us, and they completely recreated it because it's one of those endings that stays with you. You know, it's one of those things, like, you you finish the game... And after that, okay, and then just the cut to black and then credits, and you just sit with it. You just find yourself sitting with it for a while, and they completely – it completely has the same effect in the show of you just – it just makes you sit and and reflect on it. Yep, yep. And just the way that he is able – like, as much as we love Joel and he's like, oh, daddy, whatever – this this is a man who not only has done all of these horrible things, but is able to look at this this girl that he loves like a daughter. He's able to look at her in the eye, and swear to her. Swear to me, exactly that. Like we love Joel, but there's, there's something there's, wrong there's, in there. There's a lot. There's a lot of complicated feelings that I think that, that I have about this character. When we get to the end of this, you know, like it's it, it's it's not as as simple as. You know, I'm on his side. He's a a good guy. He's very, like, he's always been an anti-hero, but I love that we're kind of not sure how to feel about him at the end of the the show and at the end of the game, and I think that it creates just such an interesting ending. Absolutely. Well, having said all that, let's go ahead, uh, I think we're ready to go into our overall thoughts and our score of 1 out of 10. I'm just going to go ahead and start right off the bat and say, look- I can definitely criticize the show for not having enough scenes with the infected, and by for kind of de that the choice that they make with Ellie at the end. But at at the end of the day, the show is this. This is the best adaptation of a video game that I've ever seen. You know, even something like and I, I I haven't watched Arcane yet, but even something like Arcane, like I'll still acknowledge. That they they basically just took a setting of a video game and from what I understand just told their own story from it which I think kind of made it easier with that with that one with this one they had actually kind of a harder task which is we're just going to adapt the exact story into into television form and they did it in a way where it's completely faithful in all the right ways it's it, it's, com- it's so faithful to the intention of the story of the last of us but they're able to have these smart deviations this beautiful love story and i know at the emmys they have like uh nominations for like best guest actor if both nick offerman and murray bartlett don't get nominations for that episode uh i i, I will riot especially yeah. you know nick offerman was just heartbreaking in that episode but that but that was such a beautiful love story but, at the end of the day, the last of us has always been a love story, but it's been a love story that kind of has has had the message of you know the love between a parent and a child is beautiful, but it can lead to darkness, it can lead to to something terrible that's born out of something as beautiful as that love and this is such a good adaptation, you know it may have its ups and downs, but you cannot deny that view. I have to give it a ten out of ten.
1: there's just 10 out of 10, because they achieved something that no other franchise has ever achieved, which is include the G- the gay agenda into this show. <laughs> I mean, it's a show that I really enjoyed. It's on the level of the Game of Thrones and other big hits. It's something that I can watch and devour. You know, it's it's something when there's a show that I'll watch one time. Okay, I'll watch it next week. It was pretty good. But if it makes me watch it a couple of times a week, my downtime, oh, I'm still reeling from that episode. Let's watch that again. And The Last of Us does that for me. I have downtime. I want to watch it again because I want to devour this episode. And it does that. It brings me back. Uh yeah, I I agree with you Sam. I could complain that there's not enough there's not enough uh infected in the in the show. There isn't. But that one big scene that they used all of their infected uh uh budget on worked. It worked. It was good. They used their money wisely. So, I mean, a 10 out of 10.
2: I said earlier that if I was judging this show solely off the third episode, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. And now that we've discussed the entire show and everything it's about, the third episode is my favorite, but it is a symptom of what makes this show fantastic, which is that attention to deep, heartfelt, thoughtful uh, character work. This is a really engaging drama from the start to finish. Um, the characters are really fascinating and complicated and messy and even when you agree with them even if when you agree with their decisions you can be left uncomfortable even when you disagree with their decisions you can feel with them this is a beautiful fantastic show and i am gonna give it a 10 out of 10 and it deserves all that and more
1: I would like to say that when I was watching episode three and they were sitting there and they were a little uncomfortable, Frank was looking around and, you know, taking everything in. I was like, see, at this point is when I would look at the guy with the house and and everything there and living on his own and living nicely on his own. I'd be like, I suck your dick. You let me live here. (laughs) (laughs) and then everything just kind of falls into place and i'm like oh fuck
2: (laughs) you know i will say that it does a fantastic job of demonstrating the real gay agenda grow your own strawberries fix up not only your own house, but the entire surrounding neighborhood. Yes! And live a an long life with the person who completes
1: you. Yep, yes! That's, that is the gay agenda. It is the gay agenda.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, the last of us, for giving us what we've always wanted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think I'm going to love this show for a long, long time. So. <laughs> Having said all of that, Zach, where can the folks find you? Folks can find me on the Facebook as
2: uh, Zachariah Schneider. They can also find me on my personal site, Zachariah-Schneider-personal.herokuapp.com. Liz, where can the folks find you?
1: You can find me on all social media as the Liz Tory. You can find my uh, production company under Meadow Wolf Films, uh, or Meadow Wolf Studios. Uh, and I am producing uh, co- comedic late night stuff for uh, the streaming channel Pagan World TV, which is part of the Roku uh, platform. So check out some of my stuff there.
0: I'm Sam Wilson. You can follow me on Instagram at scwilson underscore actor. You can follow my band Gas Station Boner Pills at The Band of Boners on Instagram, or just search for Gas Station Boner Pills on all music platforms. And you can follow Nerd Shit at The Nerd Shit Pod on all social medias. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at The Nerd Shit Pod. We release episodes every single week, so make sure that you're subscribed to us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Next Friday, we're going to be dropping a review of Best Picture winner Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the most recent Best Picture winner at the Academy Awards. So, if you're a fan of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, make sure that you're subscribed to us so you can check out that episode. Whenever they do Last of Us season two, we will be there. We will mm-hmm. be here to to discuss it. I hope we don't have to wait too long, but it is yes this this is one of the best shows I've seen in a, in a very long time, and I'm I'm glad that they have finally cured. The, vi- the the video game adaptation curse, I think, is officially over with this and a couple other projects. I think it's officially yeah. over now, to- and totally I think dead. that yep. I think we're we're entering the golden age of video game adaptations. So that'll be awesome. I want to do Odd World. That'd be interesting. But I, I really do think television is is the way to go with a lot of these now, because you're agree. Able, you're able to get into that that long form storytelling and not have to rush everything together. Yeah. For Zach Schneider and Liz Tory, I'm Sam Wilson. Thank you for joining us for Nerd Shit. Nerd shit. Nerd shit. Stay shitty, nerds. Nerd shit. Nerd shit. So strong on it. Because we're talking
2: about the nerd shit.